Welcome to our podcast, All About the Car, brought to you by Sherrill Tire and Service. I'm your host, Rob Hoffman, an auto service specialist with over 44 years of industry experience. With me in the studio today, our regular guest, Brian Call, a 38-year veteran in the automotive industry. Hey, Rob, thank you so much for having me ride along today. And Bill Sherrill, a guy who's been driving a long time and has a lot of great questions. Hi, Rob. Glad to be part of the drive today. Today we're talking about oil changes, and I'm talking about changing the oil on your car or light truck. You know, we're going to get right into some fun facts and history on the oil changes. The first oil had actually been discovered by the Chinese way back in 600 B.C., and they actually transported in pipelines made from bamboo. So that's going way back. That's way before our time, and quite frankly, who knows what was going on back then. You know, I think of that as they were digging a very big hole, or maybe it was like the Beverly Hillbillies where the bubbling ooze, what was it, the bubbling gold was? <laughs> bubbling crude. Yeah, it was just coming right out of the ground. That's exactly what comes to mind as well. You bet. And then a guy named Colonel Drake discovered oil in Pennsylvania. Now let's get a little closer to home. Back in 1859, and the spindle top discovery in Texas happened in 1901. That sets the stage for the new oil economy. And then a little bit more forward, in 1866, a guy named John Ellis founded the Continuous Oil Refining Company. Believe it or not, while studying the possibility for healing powers of crude oil, Dr. Ellis was disappointed to find no real medicinal value in the crude oil. Everyone died from taking it? Is that what you're saying? I don't even want to hear the gory details of that (laughs) one, but it sounds like a trial and error deal to me. But then he was intrigued by its potential lubricating properties. Bingo, he hit it. He eventually abandoned the medical practice to devote his time to development of an all-petroleum high-viscosity lubricant for steam engines. As a matter of fact, all motor oil today solves the same problems it did back in 1866. And with the eternal combustion engine set to revolutionize the world, the first lubricants were pitched by Dr. Ellis's company, Valvoline. Henry Ford was actually an early customer with a demanding request. He wanted the world land speed record. And fast forward, fast oil change stations first came to be in the late 70s. That's when we realized it needed to be efficient. We all needed them, and we needed them often. Well, let's fast forward to today. We've learned a lot about history, but... What's the importance of an oil change? Let's get into that conversation. So what does oil actually do in my vehicle? Engine oil is a lubricant that lubricates all your internal engine moving parts. In other words, it eliminates friction, keeps the engine cool as it runs, and makes your engine last a long time. There are a lot of different kinds of oils out there, and that's the big question that we hear often. What kind of oil, what type of oil is right for my car? Brian, can you... Shed some light on the different types of oil. Divided into two basic different styles, a conventional motor oil or a synthetic blend, and then you have synthetic oil. And we've got a blog about that, allaboutthecarpodcast.com. Yeah, there's some great information out there on that link, so make sure you get out there and follow up with that as well. So, Brian, then if I go into my oil change professional and I'm asked, do you want standard or synthetic, what should be my answer? Some cars actually require full synthetic oil. So it is left to the vehicle manufacturer. My personal recommendation is to go with a synthetic oil. It's a superior product and your oil change intervals can be extended 
thus saving you time to come in and get your oil changed. So what I'm hearing, Brian, is you don't have to stop your car as often to have the oil changed, which is obviously an efficiency thing. Yep, saves you time. How often then do I have to have an oil change if I'm using synthetic products? That's a tough question to answer. Generally speaking, synthetic blend oil changes are about every 3,000 miles. Full synthetics are every 6,000 miles. But then you get into some of the newer cars that the engines are built so much better, so much more efficient, they can actually go to 7,500 or even 10,000 mile intervals. So each individual car is different and we would refer back to the owner's manual or the manufacturer as to how long you can actually stretch that out. If I'm driving one of those cars, I bet the car is going to tell me when the oil needs to be changed. Yep, you're spot on with that. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of oil change reminder components, systems with today's modern cars. So how accurate are those onboard reminder systems when it comes to oil changes? They're surprisingly accurate. They take a lot of variables into account when actually calculating it. So the computer is looking at how many short trips did I do? How long did it take to warm up? If I took a lot of long trips, it's going to vary the mileage interval based on that stuff. I just kind of want to refer back to your recommendation on looking at the owner's manual as well. I know many drivers wouldn't even know that there's an owner's manual, most likely in their glove box. Some have never seen it. So if you're wondering and as reference as to what the owner's manual is, open that glove box up and take a look at it. There's a lot of good information in there. Also, I know in central Wisconsin here, in my home area, and this is pretty much across the country, but there are a lot of what I call seasonal cars. So the classics, the ones that people pull out every once in a great while, they might get like 500 miles on the cars in a year, going to a local car show or going in town for ice cream, things like that. How often should they change their oil? I would recommend once a year as a minimum. That oil will break down after it's been used even just a little bit. Oh, that's helpful. That's really helpful. And again, there's a lot of those cars in garages. Uh, Yes, there is, especially in central Wisconsin. Absolutely. So this is slightly off the target, but it's about oil. So if I'm using oil in my lawnmower and I have a bottle of oil in my garage, how long will that retain its validity for use? As long as there's no deposits in the bottom of it, there's no dirt or anything that has fallen out, you can have clean oil up to two years sitting in your garage. It'd be best if it was sealed. Yeah, in that case, if it's sealed tightly, let's say it's a half bottle, I would assume that it's okay as long as the cap's been turned on tight. Yep, yeah, it'll last upwards of two years. So a question that we get asked quite a bit is, I bought a used car. I have no records on this car. How can I tell when the oil changes do? My recommendation would be just let's change the oil now, see where everything is, do a complete vehicle inspection so that you know the condition of the car and then move on in your normal routine from that point on. So kind of a small price to pay to be sure. Yep, now you know for sure. Excellent. A question actually that uh, came up on a recent trip that I made is I realized the day before my departure on a vacation that my oil change is probably gonna become due during the vacation. Had I thought about it earlier, I have been thinking, is that something I should have done ahead of time, or is it okay to wait through the trip and come back and have it done? Uh, it depends on how close you are and how how far you're actually driving. Taking them on a road trip, the car is 
up to operating temperature for an extended period of time, that's actually the best miles that you can put on your car. So if you got to go a thousand miles over, obviously check the level, make sure it's okay, but I wouldn't be too concerned about going over the mileage interval at that point. What's safe? How, when do I start getting nervous? That's a difficult question to answer because your older cars, they can burn oil. And if you add it, you don't know where you're at specifically. Your newer cars can go 7,000, 8,000, 10,000 miles without changing the oil. So it's going to vary a lot. Maybe do a little pre-planning before you take your trip next time. Yeah, I was one of those bad people, I tell you. (laughs) And my wife just said, oh, Rob, what is wrong with you? Hey, speaking of road trips, you guys know how I get sidetracked. Let's pull over to the side for a minute. Let's talk about a road trip. Have you guys ever heard of ghost walks? I have not. Not in Wisconsin, actually. I've gone to some ghost walks in New Orleans. Where were you thinking? Well, I found out recently that there's some ghost walks and tours right here in Wisconsin. And, for example, Lake Geneva, there's a haunted history tour down there. Just wondering if you guys have heard about that because, you know, I'm all about road trips. How about you? You're kind of a ghostly guy, Brian. I have not specifically gone on any of those. I did a local one in Wisconsin Rapids a couple years ago, the first ward school, and that was very interesting. And I bet there are other ghost tours around the state that if Lake Geneva or Wisconsin Rapids are not on your destination calendar, I bet the Wisconsin Dells, I believe that there's, I heard somebody once say that there's a ghost boat tour in the Dells. And there's also, I think, the Caper Company in Port Washington. But, you know, that's what Google is for in some regard, that just put ghost tours Wisconsin. I bet there's going to be a lot that come up for anybody's region and Halloween is potentially right around the corner and it's a great way to be able to be in a social distance situation because a lot of these are outdoors I believe. That sounds like a lot of fun actually I just did a quick google search just a little bit ago and found out there's a state street ghost walk in Madison a UW campus ghost walk. It's a ghostly (laughs) place right now the campus I would assume. (laughs) I would assume so as well. All right, I think it's time to get down and let's get dirty. How often do I need to check my oil? And what I mean by that is, let's just say we're doing that 6,000-mile synthetic oil change schedule, if you will. Do I need to check it in between times? I would certainly recommend that. Unfortunately, most of the motoring public don't check their oil at all. And if you got that new car, is the engine going to burn some oil? It might for a little bit. You got that older car that's got quite a few miles on it. Is it going to start using some oil? I guess until you know what your car is doing, I'd probably suggest checking it every time you fill up. And then again, every 1,000 or 2,000 miles. I hate to throw this curveball at you, Brian, but is there something wrong with my car if I need to add oil between oil changes? Depends on how much oil you have to add. In most cases, no. Some car manufacturers have specific oil consumption quantities, so... Let's take, for instance, if it uses a half a quart in a thousand miles, that particular car manufacturer will say that's okay. And how do I actually end up checking my oil if I've never really done that before? Great question, Bill. We talked about that in our very first podcast, talking about maintenance on a vehicle. And we actually got into quite a bit of depth on that. 
So I'd refer you back to listen to that one. All right. I just remember it involved a dipstick or something. It involved a yellow dipstick, and when you open that hood, you see all kinds of stuff. So I think in that podcast, we did narrow it down to the correct dipstick. Got it. So when having my oil change done, or if I do it myself, quite frankly, a lot of people out there do do their own oil change, what should be done during an oil change? Oh, the obvious change in the oil filter, change in the oil, lubricating the chassis if you can. A lot of new cars, you can't even lubricate them anymore. And then there's all kinds of things that would typically be checked out. All of the lights, the belts, the hoses, all of the filters, topping off the fluids, making sure they're okay. Oh goodness, checking the suspension, steering system, exhaust system. There's a lot of things that should be checked at that point. Almost sounds like an afternoon project at home. Well, it's not quite that long. (laughs) It takes a little longer at home because you're doing it on your back. You mentioned if there's anything to lubricate anymore. I remember back in the day when I was a young kid, my dad would go for an LOF down to the garage. And that L standard for lube. But like you said, I don't think there's a whole lot of lube to be done anymore. Or grease zerks, as they call them. Correct. A lot of times, if you change out a steering or suspension part, the replacement one would be able to be lubricated or grease put into it. So as cars get older, there may be some lubricating points on the car. You get into the older cars, there can be easy 15, 20 different grease certs that you have to put lubricant in. So a good idea to keep those full of grease so those parts last a lot longer. Right. Getting back to oil again and kind of oil around the home, if you will, the garage, the shed, the driveway, whatever the case may be, is it okay for my skin to come in contact with oil, my fingers? It's not going to hurt you immediately, but long term, it's best to get it off. There's some carcinogens in used motor oil. Do gloves make sense? Yep. A lot of technicians use gloves nowadays. And if I do happen to change the oil on the mower or even decide to tackle that afternoon project with the car, what do I do with the old oil? You definitely want to put it in a container and recycle the oil correctly. Most service stations will take your used oil from you, typically at no charge or a very minimal charge. There's also a lot of county or municipal facilities that would accept used oil. So be environmentally responsible. Always. And also, when you're doing your own jobs around the house, no matter what it is, weed whacking, mowing, changing oil, make sure safety is number one. Always think smart. So it's time to get your oil changed. We've talked a lot about the details of it and what should be done and what could be done, the safety, but it's time to have your oil change done. Best to probably find a reputable shop or oil change facility to have that done. And why is that so important? As I talked about earlier, having the vehicle inspected to know the condition of your car, to check the steering, the suspension, the exhaust, everything I rattled off earlier, to check those every three, four, five, six thousand miles to prevent problems from getting bigger down the road. So really it's best to not just think of it as changing the oil, but it's kind of a checkup time. Oh yeah, complete checkup on your vehicle at that point. In today's age, in our fast lives, and school, kids, shopping, whatever the case may be, getting to work, back home from work, vacations. Convenience is really, really important. Nobody wants to drop their vehicle off for an entire day for an oil change or or sit around for hours. What can our drivers expect when they go to a shop for an oil change in regards to time? It depends on what you're having done at that point. A lot of times rotating the tires is done in conjunction with that. 
So this service could be typically 30 minutes to an hour if we have to rotate the tires and do the oil change and the inspection at the same time. And as I would always mention, a retorque after you've had your tires off to come back to some facility and have those wheels retorqued after 50 miles. And when you say wheels retorque, you're referring to the lug nuts, I believe. Yes. Uh, just a quick explanation, Brian, as to why we do that. Why is that so important? Oh, 20 years ago, it wasn't a big deal. And the reason was most of our wheels were steel. All of the rotors and the hubs that it bolts to were steel. So you had the same kind of metal against each other. Nowadays, most cars have aluminum wheels with the steel hubs and rotors. And with those two dissimilar metals, especially as a car ages, it can loosen up a little bit. And if it loosens up, it can be pretty serious. Retorquing them is more important nowadays than ever before. Now, we've been talking about the, I guess, of what I would consider a full-service oil change. And when I mean full-service, a full inspection, we're talking about a tire rotation that goes right along with that and keeps your car maintained and checked well for that checkup. We also have the options of using a quick oil change place or facility, fast oil change, if you will. What can be some of the differences between a full-service shop and a quick lube, I guess? Your quick lubes, while some of them can rotate the tires, most don't. So at that point, we're not checking everything and getting the health of the car. Whereas when it's up on a hoist, we're rotating the tires, we're checking out many, many different components to make sure the health of the car is good. Now, you may not change your oil for another six, 7,500 miles. So you could potentially go 15,000 miles before you look at all these components if you happen to go to a quick lube where it's just in and out. I would think that the older your car got or the higher the mileage that your car is at would be all the more important that you have those regular checkups and don't maybe skip some of them. Am I on track? I would agree with that, definitely. I guess as we're starting to get down to the end of our conversation here, a question that I have, are there any other scheduled services such as the oil change that are as frequent as the oil change? Because we're talking about 3,000, 6,000 miles, anything else come around other than the tire rotation? No. The rest of it is pretty much inspections anymore. You get into some higher mileage, you're 80, 90, 100,000 miles. Some of the vehicles do require fluid exchanges, but you're going to do 15, 20 oil changes by the time you get to that point. So as long as we keep these scheduled oil changes on top of mind, we should be good to go for a long time. It's cheap insurance for your car and gives you the security of a long life. Excellent. Thank you, Brian. Okay, we've covered a lot of things in regards to changing the oil on our cars and even talked about a little bit of work at home, out of the shed and in the garage. So we've covered a lot on the history of oil. We went way back to 600 BC up to the mid-70s, and then we talked about the importance of the oil change and what oil actually does. And we have a link there that you can visit allaboutthecarpodcast.com that gets deep into the synthetic versus the blended versus conventional oil. And then we veered just a bit and talked about ghostly Wisconsin road trips, which you can Google some links and find out more about that. Pretty close to home, you can have a good time with those types of trips. And then we talked about the details, kind of getting down and dirty in regards to checking the oil and what happens during an oil change professionally 
what you can do at home, and safety is number one. And then we also talked about all of the items that could and should be done during an oil change. It's not just changing the oil, but it's a good scheduled checkup for your car. It keeps it going a lot longer for a long time. So ride along with us next time when we talk about general maintenance, where it's all about the car. To listen to previous episodes, find additional resources, or to send us a message, head to allaboutthecarpodcast.com. See you next time.